0: What's up, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to an episode here of the podcast version of Palangi Studio of Rock, only on Radio wigwam If you want to hear the live versions, make sure you tune in every Tuesday night, nine PM Eastern Time, eight UK. Right now, I'd like to welcome Mr. Derek Hawkins and Jeremy Asbrock from the Ace Freely Band here on the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of Palangi Studio of Rock, only on Radio Wigwam. Today, we have two extraordinary guitar players here, even though I seen one play bass the other day, but all your photos have guitar. Mr. Derek and Mr. Jeremy in the room here. What's up, guys? How you doing? Doing good. How are you? Pretty good. This show is also sponsored by Envious Music Magazine and Alyssa Ebersold Concert Photography. So if you need somebody to take some photos and stuff out there she's good. And if you need some, uh, you know, some reviews on your music out there, make sure you hit them up.
1: Derek, are you driving right now? I'm not driving. I'm at work. I'm not actually out in my car. I had a meeting at work, so I had to you know, come in,
2: but uh, no, I'm not driving. All right. Well,
1: you know, you never know.
2: <laughs> yeah, Derek works on wall street and is off time. So, uh, there you go. I'm from the stock market exchange floor and, and, uh, yeah. Goes
0: oh, right. <laughs> Selling retail, you know what I mean. It's new way of life, man. So I met all you guys at the Ace Freely show. People don't know out there; these guys they jam with Ace Freely from Kiss, folks, and a lot more stuff. So we can talk about all that. I didn't know, man. Jeremy, you were you play with uh Gene Simmons too with Ryan, right? Ryan was supposed yeah, to be yeah. here. Actually, Gene is pretty much the one
2: that got us the gig with Ace.
0: Okay. Wow. How did Derek? How would you end up on bass? Because I see you playing guitar everywhere.
1: Well, I, I'm a guitar player, and um, I just you know, I just happen to be friends with Jeremy and Ace, and um, I guess when I, I, they need somebody to fill in, everybody's kind of comfortable with me, you know, knowing the stuff. And I played with Ace years ago, okay. so we, you know, I'm just familiar with everything, and it's an easy step in when those guys need to do something else. So um, yeah, it's I was I was. Just covering for uh, Zach the other night when you saw me. So, like Jeremy, we've been Kiss fans since we're kids, so it's in our DNA. Yeah, <laughs> no.
2: it's it's really the easiest gig I could do.
0: Really, yeah. I googled you guys and it said like you know, longtime Kiss fans. That's the first thing it said.
1: <laughs> yeah, my first concert with uh, I remember the, the the year I got into Kiss was 1976. My dad uh, had the Kiss Alive album. And uh, he saw that I was into it, so he ended up buying me all the Kiss albums up to that point. And then every every year the new album would come out, he'd buy me the new one. He took me to see them in 1979 on the uh, the opening night of the Dynasty tour in Lakeland, Florida. So yeah, go, long time Kiss fan, <laughs> and I know Jeremy got similar similar stories too. Um, it, yeah, it's so like my dad is not
2: as cool as yours.
1: Well. <laughs> Well, you're as cool as my dad, um, but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that was, I, I could sing them in my sleep, I could play them in my sleep. And I'm a true yeah. German,
0: too. That was actually one of my questions is like, how do you, uh, how do you get to kind of play that music? Like, do you guys, do you get together and jam it or do you already have to know it?
2: You already have to know it. You already have to know yeah, it. I met Ace Frehley on stage.
1: Yeah. I, and I, I never played a show with Jeremy until I stepped on stage at that show you saw. No, it was actually the night before, but yeah, oh, just, wow. so we can just get on stage and it's like, it's a language. It's in our blood.
0: Yeah. So you literally just had the sound check and that's, that's yeah. your kind of like mini rehearsal. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Now my question is, is, um, how do you know if you got the licks right? Do you look them up? Do you, I mean, obviously you listen, you try to figure them out. Somebody give uh, you stuff. That,
2: in this situation, like he said, it, it's in our DNA. Like, I, I know all of those licks. I'm going to be honest, I probably know them better than Ace does.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll second I'll that. But, but even the way we move on stage and you, there's little kiss isms in, every, in everything. You like, I kind saw
0: of that. Up, right? That was cool. You, you did, know, you did the not- guitar thing where you're like, whew.
1: It's not even something to talk about, though. It's just like something from watching years and years of videos. And,
2: um, you know, it's just it's just in us. Yeah, you don't really think about it. It just kind of you don't do it. It does you. Yeah. yeah. You
0: think that comes with experience, too? Like for me, if I jumped into something like that, I'd be like, oh, geez, I, I want to like rehearse or jam with you guys first or something like that.
2: Man, honestly, that depends on the gig. There's some things that you would probably want to do that for, but in a situation like this where it's so ingrained with you, I mean, you know, he was he was six, I was four. You know, I bought my first Kiss record from this kid in my backyard. Yeah, and I barely even knew music, and <laughs> I went my first Kiss concert when I was seven in uh, early 1983. And it's just been a lifelong thing, and that's why it's the easiest gig I could do. Like I've just been listening to this music and, and digesting the band my whole life.
1: Yeah, it's like like living in New York and eating pizza. It's that easy.
0: Yeah, we love our pizza in New York, <laughs> can we tell you? Because right now there's people from all over the place, because this station goes worldwide so I, I kind of forget sometimes that there's people from like Australia and stuff like that and and I'm like I wonder what time of day it is I wonder what they're eating what are they listening to yeah I do know that overseas they love the rock stuff more than we do right now it's it's still in
2: yeah uh, I, I would I would agree with that but they're definitely uh, I don't know a little more uh, cut loose. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh,
0: do you see yourselves going overseas to do some shows eventually?
2: Uh, sure.
0: <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. But calls for it, man. <laughs> so how, so how did you, uh, how did you start off playing guitar? Jeremy, let's start with you. Uh,
2: uh, well, it was Kiss. I was completely obsessed with Kiss, and Ace was my guy, and it made me want to play guitar, and it, it all started there. What and was it,
0: the name brand of guitar, the first one? Uh, it was out of a Sears catalog.
2: Okay, yeah, so we, we all bought, did. Know, we all was name on the headstock. It was just a black headstock. <laughs> Had nothing. <laughs> but, you know, I, I I moved up. You know, from there, I went to a brand called Court. And from yeah. there, I went to fire. And then from there, I went to Kramer. And from there, I went to Charvel. And then after that, it was all Gibson's and Fenders, and you know, all the all the high caliber stuff.
0: Nice, no name brand logo. Yeah,
2: oh, I had a what little. Funny is, uh, I had a break in about nine years ago, and they stole that guitar, but they left behind the Les Paul that you saw me playing the other night.
1: Oh my God!
0: Oh, they well, sold the, the first one, the yeah. Ames one. Wow, that's incredible. That's a collector's man. It, really it broke is.
2: my heart, though. I mean, you yeah. know, sentimental value. And uh, I got all of the other guitars, all the other guitars back except for that one. Jesus! Wow. Oh, how'd you get them back? It, like offered money or something? So the other ones that showed up at Sam Ash. You know, uh oh. easy, but like, no, we're not taking that guitar. So they probably just,
0: ah. Yeah. worthless. Oh, what about you, Derek? How? What was your first one?
1: Oh, my first one was, uh you know, uh, it was Christmas 1979. And um, it was because of Ace, of course. And I got one of those acoustic guitars that come in the, the kind of acoustic shaped box with the cellophane on the front of it. Yeah. Comes with a book, had it like a Mel Bay book. And that was it. And I remember, um, uh, I, I, I mean, I didn't know how to play anything. I didn't even. I think I just got it for Christmas that year. I didn't think I started. I don't think I started playing it until like maybe two years later. You know, I just had. I just had to have it so I could look at it and hold it. And I think I just played the high E string. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like every guitar player uh, pre-internet had a Mel Bay book. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but Yeah. Even I, I looked at it, and I, I, mean, I guess I might have had some slight dyslexia. I played everything upside down, like the chord shapes. You know, like for an E. Uh, like okay okay. right. Did you tab like, the, your tabs backwards, like upside down? I don't think they had tab back then. Oh, okay. Way back in the Stone Age. But um, I remember, uh, I remember my dad had uh, that that album. Uh, we sold our souls for rock and roll by Black Sabbath. And I tried playing "Paranoid," Jeremy. You guys know how "Paranoid" goes. I just played it. I just hit the high E string. I went like, down, and then I went one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four on the high, on the first four. <laughs> I played "Paranoid." I had no, that was that was my first thing playing guitar. Wow, that's cool. So you guys are
0: how Kiss was for you was Metallica for me. For me, it was uh-huh. all Metallica and and Creed. Believe it or not.
1: Well, it's funny you say that. I—I I, Not to cut you off, but um, I think I learned actually how to play guitar, like properly play guitars to ride the lightning, that whole album. Yes. Christmas, Christmas 1984, I my aunt got me that on a cassette, and I learned the album front to back. <laughs> and, it's
0: that's what you got to do. Yeah, uh, well, that's... I don't know if you guys felt it like, uh, well, I guess there was no blink One Eighty Two 82 and stuff when you, when you guys started playing, but I always felt like those are great chord bands and rhythms and stuff. But when I got that Metallica and Ozzy CD, I was like, this is the stuff you have to learn to play the guitar. Yeah. Yeah. The kids are yeah. like, Oh, you know,
2: well, how about uh, Jimmy world, man? <laughs> Uh, most of the kids in my high school were cutting their teeth on Metallica, also. Yep. I wasn't a big Metallica fan. I like fun rock and roll, you know, and, and DC. Cool. Yeah, I liked DC, but even, even that, you know, uh, mid 80s type stuff, you know, I was into Van Halen and, and Motley Crue and Rat. And, you know, no. honestly, like, Poison was my breakthrough in lead playing because I could play all that stuff when I was like 13. Okay, I was like, "How I like oh I, I can play that stuff," and you know, like CC and Ace's style were a little similar. You yeah. know, it's, it's kind of funny. I don't really listen to much Poison anymore, but like there was something about it when I was fourteen that it was doable. Yeah, yeah, and Maybe that, the melodies like, in it transition you know into harder harder stuff. Yeah. I don't know like just just it being possible was what made it i don't know like made me kind of stick with guitar like i can play that and then you know like when i'm 13 and you know girls love that like, wow, that sounds can, good a little oh, oh. fallen angel holy crap
1: or the or that talk dirty to me that, that open yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like great. Did you guys
0: ever, when you started out, did you play like talent shows or was there like a, a like an open mic or something that you did like at that age at 13 or 15 or did you I mean, want to, did you want to play out live?
1: Oh, well, you know what I used to do? I used to, I, you know, you, you go to school and there's that, they, you have the assemblies, you go to the auditorium where there's the stage and all the bleachers. I always picture myself. I was like, God, I'm, I'm going to get a band together next year. I'm going to be on that stage with my band. We're going to be the youngest rock and roll band in the world. And um it just never happened. So that right. is exactly
2: how I played my first show. But first day of middle school, I sat down in that auditorium. like, I'm gonna figure it out. And uh my grades were just good enough to join beta club that year. And it all came together. I knew the president, and I'm like, all right, I wanna do a benefit show. I don't even care what he benefit, but I wanna put on a concert. And I roped in my guitar teacher to sing and play guitar, my brother on drums. Wow. And his best friend to play bass. And his best friend had a PA and a lighting rig. And it did. It all came together. And <laughs> I played that fucking auditorium, man. That's such wow. a magazine story.
1: That's exactly like what you would read in a magazine.
2: But yes. it was when you said that I'm like, that's exactly how it happened. Shh.
0: <laughs> that's how long have you guys been playing with Ace like because uh, I know Derek had a lot of projects and stuff what happened? How'd you get there?
1: Well with with me I, I, I was brought into it by a friend of mine who was you know friends with Ace back in the day and I played with them for four years and um, and then I was you know out of, my friend brought me in they, I guess Ace was coming off of you know his semi retirement. And they were, he was making a new record, the Anomaly record. Um, he needed a touring guitar player. So my friend Anthony got me involved and, um, yeah, we just hit it off. Face is a great guy. We came really close. Um, that's how I
0: got into it. <laughs> Did you have to audition? Like, uh, yeah. you know, like play? And-
1: yes. And what's so funny is like, look at me. I don't, back then, I, I go to the audition, my, my friend Anthony was like, okay, I got you an audition with A, so it'll be really great. He likes tall guys, so you you got that. He goes, well, one thing you got to do is you got to grow your hair out a little bit. And I was like, and I, I mean, I look like Sting. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I show up there, I show up there, and there's all these guys that look like Nikki Six, Aww. and names like 80 Blades, and, you know, Ricky Sticks, and all this shit. Yep. And, I'm, and I walk in, and they all look at me like, like, who's this guy, you know? And I was like, all right, you'll see when I get on stage who this guy is. Because you had short hair. i seen pictures. Yeah, I just, I got up there and I did my fucking thing. And and that was, um, I'm sorry, dude, I didn't mean to swear. Yeah. But thing and I, and I uh, you know, I was like, if I'm not, I'm definitely not going to get it by my my, uh, my police look. So I got it by just, you know, attitude and playing I'm backing Ace up, and um, and just went from there.
0: Yeah, maybe because it. you didn't look like the other guys too. Maybe that did help a little bit. Because it's like, uh, who was that one guy that had his hair short?
1: Like, like, you put in a good word for me because because I think even Ace looked at me like, "Who oh, the fuck is this guy?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, what happens, right? But I mean, have- I'm very thankful. I'll oh, go ahead. No, I'm just saying I was very thankful to get the gig. It meant a lot to me. It's one of my proudest moments.
0: Yeah, being a huge fan of the band for years and years, and it's like working with your idol. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, basically. Yeah. And and Jeremy, you started off with Gene
2: and then... Yes, to- and, then, uh, and then we did a tour of Australia and Ace was the opener. And it was going to be a little too expensive to bring his band over, so... He asked Gene mm-hmm. if he could use us, so we wound up backing both guys, and, you know, that was, I know Gene knew that the KISS tour was on the horizon, because it was, it was getting late in 2018, and, you know, he told me that Ace was going to ask us to do the the KISS cruise that was coming up in two months, and uh, we were already going to Japan from Australia with Ace, Yeah, so we were already over there. And uh, when we were in Japan, he asked us if we wanted to do the cruise, and, and you know, I we knew through people working with him that he was looking to make some big changes. So, you know, we had Gene's blessing, and uh, yeah, it was just he like might as well, right? What trans- was, what's, what's that
0: like doing two sets, hardcore sets back to back?
2: It was freaking awesome. That's what it was. <laughs> it was a kiss. Kiss lovers' dream. I mean, Ace and Gene together, and that's incredible. Man. I'm so Jean jealous. We're doing all these deep cuts that Kiss doesn't do, and yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I mean, honestly, like as cool as the shows were, the best part was. Being in airport lounges and listening to those two hang out and just talk about old times and talk about stuff and interacting and stuff, man, that that was the best fly on the wall moment of my life.
0: I bet. You, 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 your eyes are open wide and you're like...
2: Uh-huh. Just listening uh-huh. to the chatter back and forth between those guys. Yeah, man. That was <laughs> best. But you learn so a lot. Ago, that way. I, it was in yeah. Brisbane. It was uh, at the sound check. And, you know, usually neither guy comes to Soundcheck, but they both came that day. And we wound up jamming all kinds of stuff at Soundcheck. It's even on YouTube. It was, that was probably the greatest musical day of my life. Was, wow. I can imagine. It was, it was fantastic. I mean, there was just cover tunes, old Kiss songs. We'd do like a verse of this, a chorus of that. It was very cool. That sounds cool.
0: I was gonna say, um, no disrespect to anybody. I go. I didn't even know Gene had a solo project.
2: It was his first solo band he'd ever done.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which because I was like, oh, I didn't know that. But because I the tour, you know, the Kiss stuff keeps skidding. Like the final tour and the next tour and the next tour and the and the the rock cruise thing. Everybody does.
2: That was sort of how uh, Ryan and I got onto Gene's radar. Is uh, Ryan had a cover band called Big Rock Show. Okay, I played guitar in that, and we did every Kiss cruise except for two. And the stage is always in front of the their cabin so you know I know like they'd all heard us at some point. So. Yeah, yeah. Originally, being solo shows. There were only supposed to be like six tied in with these uh, Comic Con things called Wizard World, and. You know, Ryan was good friends with Doc McGee, so he had a good reputation with camp. You know, he'd heard us, so, uh, you know, he knew that, you know, we were musically competent, and he asked Ryan to put together a band, and I was luckily a good shoe-in there. <laughs> the rest is history. It all kind of started from that.
1: Yeah, I have to... One of the best bands I've... I'm, I've had the pleasure to step in and fill in for being, um, you know, around you guys, Jeremy. It's it's really just an incredible band. Yeah, I was gonna say you
0: guys, uh, Mike Starr, too. I was talking to him, and he's like, "I'm busy till January," and I wanted to get all you guys together. But uh, your chemistry, I noticed, because I was behind the you know the stage where the drummer was listening. I'm like, you guys have mad chemistry.
2: And I've I been playing with Matt now for four years, but I've been playing with Ryan in lots of different things for ten years. I okay mean, we definitely have the chemistry i mean we even hang out on our off time and we talk on the phone every day pretty much
0: yeah that's what that's what you got to do i mean you got to like your band guys and you got to get along and, and creatively too if you have things in common and it's so there's some bands that i've interviewed and and um you know met and they're like they don't really get along with the band you know what i mean and i'm like that must be tough
2: I have to know Derek completely independent of all of this stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The funny thing is we met um, when I was on the road with another band and Jeremy just got on the bus and I was like, we just hit it off. Remember that?
2: I was like, Uh, hey, man. It's because uh, Johnny was a good friend of mine and I was kind of there to see him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And we just, we hit it off and uh, we just kept in contact over the years after that meeting and then, and then when, when uh, Jeremy and the guys were gonna start playing with Ace, I was in my studio, and it was like, ah, oh, it must have been like like two in the morning. And I get a text from Jeremy. He's like, "Hey, man. He's like, can I talk to you for a second? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, "So we, uh, you know, he just asked me what it was like playing with Ace, and I was just like, man, what did I say? I said, just be. Yeah. I just wanted. To, I just wanted to know if the check was gonna clear. <laughs> <laughs> it should. Make <laughs> sure. No, it was no, it was it was it, that all joking aside, it was really genuinely like, you know, like, you know, is it cool? Well, yeah, I guess yeah, I guess is the clear. But um, yeah, it's just like, you know, it was like, just like, yeah, he's great to work with, just you know, be one of the guys. And I mean he knows. Jer- Jeremy's such a pro. I mean, Jeremy, it was a funny thing, man. I was watching this old Gibson um, old Gibson uh, thing on YouTube and oddly um Oddly Freed, I think he was doing some Gibson thing he mentioned you, he goes, yeah, he mentioned you during the, the thing. And he goes, hi, oh, yeah, everybody knows Jack." <laughs> uh,
2: it, it was at the Gibson. Yeah. So I, I remember that. I was like, oh I shit, mean, he called me out, man. Everyone out there, when hey. I met, when
0: I met Derek quick, I said, this guy is like a music encyclopedia. Everybody, oh. he knows everything that we were talking dates with Ozzy and all this stuff. You hey, look it up.
1: You know, everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You got it. <laughs> but, I, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I do. And I, I'm, you know, I'm a huge fan of Jeremy outside of, you know, all of that. He's a fabulous killer guitar player. Um, but I was, I was watching that and it was just funny. I mean, cause this is going back, like, I guess that, that seminar was like 10 years, 10, 15 years ago. And, he, and then he goes, he goes, yeah, Jeremy Asperger. I go, how? Um, why am I not shocked? He goes, yeah. And then, right when I said that, oddly goes, yeah, everybody knows Jeremy. <laughs> it's so funny because I just met Jeremy, and then that that, that came up it was funny.
0: It, it's funny, like um, the fans and stuff out there. Like they they see you guys play up on stage. Maybe they don't see what happens, you know, behind the stage and all that kind of stuff. And even how, like, what I'm starting to realize is there's a small a couple, I call it a couple circles group. You know, if you were to draw like some circles, they overlap a lot in the industry. You know, you got the classic rock, you got, even towards the modern rock and some other bands. I'm like, everybody kind of knows each other. I don't know if it's because you know, y'all you live that lifestyle, you end up meeting each other, and it's like you have a lot in common.
2: It's funny, man. A lot of people that I do meet, I sort of feel like I know already. Yeah. it is like that
0: is it because it's like uh, you know the job thing it's we all you know play on stage
2: and we all have mutual friends like there's yeah we're, we're only two degrees away if we don't already know each other so you've heard about that person or one of your friends has a I don't know yeah I, even like some of the most famous people I feel like I know because somebody I know knows them yeah right, right. yep
1: yep and they but there's also, you know, I'm sure Jeremy can, and, and you as well can say the same thing. You meet some people who are, you know, you don't feel so comfortable around. Even, you know, you mean, but, yeah, yeah. And there are those people out there as well. But even when the first time I filled in with the band, um, I was I filled in for Jeremy for a show, and um, I had not met Ryan before, but I knew Jeremy and. I kind of it kind of like made it I mean Ryan made me feel like I was a brother right when I walked. I was I was I couldn't couldn't have been more comfortable. And that's yeah. what those guys have, that complete professional way of being. It's it's not a wonder why they've been successful at what they're doing.
0: Yeah. It feels better too for your if your friend is is a friend, you know what I mean? That's kind of circle. It's not just like a complete stranger. It's like, oh my friend's doing this. I'm good friends with him. He's a cool right. dude. You're like,
1: okay. But- but what I'm trying to say is that they th- that unit, those guys, have a way of making people oh. feel like ease walking into it. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I felt so comfortable meeting Ryan, even though Jeremy wasn't the one who you know put our hands together to shake. He was kind of there doing the introduction without being there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It was a very cool thing. What, very, what, very proud to know the What's your guys' favorite like
0: backstage story or something that has happened good or bad?
1: (laughs) Depends on what year it was. (laughs) Pick a year. Uh, (laughs) Let's, let's say,
0: uh, well, I won't say recently. Let's say, let's, you know, keep it maybe two thousands, two thousands
2: and up here. Jeez. God, I don't, I can't even remember what I had for lunch yesterday.
1: (laughs) And you know Another thing is like it's 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 there's I mean we're all older so it's like there's not really too much crazy as far I mean I will speak for myself um, there's not really that much craziness it's, it's the funniest thing is just hearing Ace um, interact with people he maybe hasn't seen in a long time and the priceless things that come out of his mouth yeah. It, I, I mean, Jeremy, you're probably... I know you guys got the same thing. Everybody's got some funny voice quote of him meeting somebody. That I... You know, do I know you? Did yeah, I know everybody's I got their, their version of Ace's yeah.
2: voice.
1: And it's like... That's, that sounds that's, like him, too. That's the funniest thing is seeing... You know, I'd, I'd say, like, in the Ace shows, that's the funniest thing I watch is just watching him... People meet him, and then the band members kind of all sitting back and taking it in for the bus ride. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's surreal. (laughs) Yeah. Do you you guys do like the meet and greets too sometimes? Like you like, do you like to go out and fart around with the audience? You know,
2: Uh, I'll I'll talk to some people when they're in line to do their meet and greet, but no, we never do it with ACE. Okay. Gene used to make us do some of them with him. Uh, I had more funny fun. about hanging out with Gene and funny stuff with him because he liked to hang out before the show and after the show and you know we kind of only see Ace when we're walking on stage and then you know he does his meet and greet afterwards the thing about Gene is is you cannot leave your drink unattended around him or your food or he will dump a shaker of salt in it <laughs> <laughs> really? That to me a couple times wow oh, that-
0: Priceless. Does he just have I, salt in his pockets you know, he's ready to
2: Just know when We're at dinner or something and you know like we'd be running around Doing stuff while we're eating dinner because you know we kind of had Things we had yeah. to do to play with him that you know ace has a crew for <laughs> And yeah man I, I got the salt shaker a couple times uh, One funny story it's not my story but I was there for it And it happened to Philip and it was the very first Gene gig That we did and it was for this uh, event called YPO and it's, you know, a bunch of entrepreneurs and stuff. And we had this curtained off section that was our dressing room and Phil yeah. was on the ground, taking all his jewelry out. He's like kneeling down and looking down and Gene came in to tell us something. And he goes, ah. and sees him kneeled over, not looking at him. And he just undoes his pants, pulls him down and sticks his ass. back <laughs> to his head. And just said, Hey Philip, and he turns around <laughs> and laughs right here. He's like a little kid. Wow, he likes being one of the boys. And yeah, I, he I seems think, cool. I don't think Kiss does stuff like that, so that was why he really got into the Gene Simmons band. He yeah,
0: did. I'd seen his reality show. I I did like that. It was, that was cool. That was a cool show. He seems like a very down to earth, cool guy.
2: He, he really is. I don't have as many ace stories because I haven't seen him that much you know before the show or after the show in fact the most i saw him was when we were rehearsing for the alice cooper tour last year and we rehearsed at his house okay playing in his basement which is like playing in your friend's basement with just like this little pa and amps too loud and really (laughs) yeah it was a trip
0: because I think a lot of, like, I would expect there'd be, like, a huge setup and, you know. Well, I mean, he had just
2: moved in, like, that year, so everything wasn't together yet. Okay. So it, it probably looks a little better now, but, you know, like, there was still just stuff, boxes everywhere, stuff, <laughs> platinum and gold records leaned up against the wall and.
0: Un- unboxing. It's like, it's not up yet, but it's right there, and you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know man it's uh my thing is is uh i suppose like all these guys now you guys too do you all have like home studio stuff or do you still go to the bigger studios when you record because i know like do-it-yourself stuff is is really in now
2: basically i'm doing this whole interview on my recording studio <laughs> okay <laughs> it's, just, it's just a laptop and i, and I have a kemper and So, uh, I I played some on Ace's last record, and I did that in my kitchen. Wow. Just direct in and boom. Yeah. The Kemper into an interface, upload to Dropbox, and yeah, that's it. So, do you do a, a dry and
0: then the sound from the unit? Is that what you do? Yeah.
2: Okay. And, you know, I've done some big studio stuff, too, lately. I mean, any of the other recording I've done has been in some pretty cool studios, but I definitely do not have a home studio. I have two young children that barely even have any guitars here. Yeah.
0: I think Derek does. We were talking a little bit backstage about some stuff, right? But about
1: studio stuff. Yeah. I'm a nerd when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. I, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I had a recording studio, like a, a full blown recording studio up until about two years ago. And, um, you know, it just, I had the studio for years and I was like, God, I'm just, I'm still paying rent, not making any money. And I could do all of this and I own a house. I could do this in my house. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing so. I I sold it to my partner and I just, I, I have everything I need at home. I have drums mic'd up. I have, yeah. So it's like, and I, yeah,
2: I just do everything at home. And thanks to Jeremy. I use a Kemper now. It's easy, right? I mean, like. There's no uh, mic. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's a pretty great thing for recording and speed for it. Yeah, I
1: adore it. Um, and I'm such a nerd, too. I'm like, I'm downloading. It. I, don't, I don't think I think I need another AC30. Uh, <laughs> I think, yeah. Oh. It's like, this but dude they, just made a new sound. We got to test it out. Oh, my God. Yeah. Dude, tone junkie. Tone junkie. Um, yeah. But I, I'm such a nerd when it comes. I do. Can ser- seriously, stay up till like three in the morning just playing with my Kemper, and I friggin love it. I love it.
0: Do you make the settings yourself too? Do you like doing uh-huh. that? Yeah. <laughs> no.
2: Oh, it's mean, pretty I- involved. Uh, Michael Wagner, the producer, Michael Wagner, is the guy that turned me on to him, and he he did that a lot. And honestly, that that's all way out of my league. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's the it's
0: stuff a- I love. Is how do how do you tweet? I go into that. You remember the video games when we were younger? There's option menus. None yeah. of the kids would ever go into options. I was that kid that did. So oh, everything really? I get. I go into options and and try to, you know, it's pretty fascinating up. how they make the profiles. Like
2: it sends a signal through the amp that you're profiling, and it 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 sounds kind of like dial-up you know how when you get online and it sends all <laughs> yeah. these signals through it so it's determining where all of the frequencies are and then you know like you'll uh, mic out whatever cabinet you're using and and that's there's so much that yeah send waves they, need, sometimes
0: they use definitely
2: a little more involved than like line six modelers and stuff like that yeah. so when we did it he did this uh orange amp that i was using and he was just like close your eyes and i could not tell which one was the profile and which one was the real amp. and that's how I. this is better than that other bullshit yes so
0: you have the option of taking all those studio well maybe the studio stuff the sounds right and and then bringing it with you and like you said recording it in your kitchen yes but it was at this big studio you know so i don't need to go to the studio i can do it in my kitchen pretty much yep yeah that's cool. I have used. Uh, I have a fractal unit, which is similar.
2: Yeah, um, I think they are similar. I don't know a lot about them, but like I hear, it's like it's like Coke and Pepsi. It's they're kind mm-hmm. they're the same, but they're comparable. And, I, and now they have that quad
1: cortex. Have you heard of that? No, that's that's like the new thing that everybody's getting. And I was gonna get that. It was between that and Kemper, and um, yeah, I just uh, Jeremy kind of you know made me realize that that's the way to go i i can hear a little difference in the um the quad cortex on the kemper uh okay uh, i think i think the kemper has a little bit more you're a guitar player so you'll understand more like that thunk when you hit the strings you know it's like that it's a feeling thing and i have not gotten that from any other modeler but the kemper I don't yeah, like you don't your-
0: want that, like, digitally, I call it a source. You know, you know, it's...
2: Man, the only time I can hear it on the Kemper is in a small venue. Like, doing what we do with Ace, man, you can't... I can't tell. But if I'm doing a small club... Uh, Live. Like, uh, the, for a while, uh, so, Philip, the last bass player for Ace, he and I hosted a show in Nashville called The Roll Residency. And there was a period towards the end of it where he was on a camper and I wasn't Mm -hmm. and I could tell the difference I I could hear the real amp a lot better but right and in in a setting like we're in where it's going through so many different things before it even hits the audience's ears I challenge anyone to (laughs) tell me the
1: difference yeah no, it's, I think it's a godsend. It's, it's such a great thing, and not only that, it's so much easier on my back. And I would have a pedal board, and my pedals would get stuffed. While I'd like have a Strymon pedal I just bought,
2: and so we yeah. would dump,
1: them. you know, or or a break or a cable or something like that. With the Kemper, it's just like put it down. There it is. It sounds great. Right on, and there's your whole show. <laughs> you know, you change something? Just pull up your phone and do it. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you don't use pedal boards and stuff anymore, huh?
1: I, I mean, I have one. Like I, I was up until like, up until um, up until July, using a, a pedal board with a wah pedal, two delay pedals, overdrive, blah blah blah. And I got the Kemper, and I used it for one gig, and I was like, I'm never going back. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah never but,
0: going yeah it's a step of not lugging around you know four by twelves and then the heads that weigh
2: 60 pounds that was the thing that I was over the most was like the carrying the gear yeah the tube stuff you, too you, like, you get older and the stuff gets heavier yeah. yeah
0: yeah it's 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 interesting I like to talk a little bit about gear too on the show because there's I always say it's a little different not many mm-hmm. people mention it during interviews and stuff what I was going to mention too is do you have certain guitars you only use in the studio because that's the sound or that's the best sound for some reason? And then there's the best sound live. You know what I mean? Like I, I do. Like I use uh, LTD the ESP guitars when I record. Mm. But if I teach lessons and stuff, uh, I don't really care what I play through. But there's certain sounds, you know what I mean, recorded.
2: not not really uh i've been bringing my gibson Les paul out a bit lately because i had been using that in the studio and i missed it a little bit i had originally quit traveling with it because it was one of my nice guitars i normally play guitars by a company called vintage and they make great stuff and i've used those pretty much exclusively for the past five years oh wow and uh i found the older that i get the less nerdy I get, I would love to go back and tell twenty three year old Jeremy that he's going to play a computer amp and knock off guitars. <laughs> yes, yeah. I was that I was only going to play the best vintage gear for the rest of my life. And yes, yeah. and I'm just kind of finding that that stuff all—if it sounds good to your ears, like and feels good in your hands, it doesn't really matter what it is. Yeah,
0: true. It's true. I think it's it's that some of the digital stuff doesn't have the air that you hear and you feel, so I look for that in in sounds and the modeling stuff does it have that is it capable of doing that? do I have to do something different? you know what I mean
2: yeah even recording like I would have swore that I was only ever gonna record on tape and oh God yeah 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 I, I don't have the patience for a lot of that now I mean. No yeah it's and obviously an audible difference because you know we still lean the hardest on sixties and seventies records, yeah, you know? yeah they do sound better well,
0: they'll run just the mix through it now, the total mix or the master, you know what I mean, so it's
2: I don't well, you know, in what in I, mean, folks- I don't think that's enough. I mean, I know I'm sitting here arguing the opposite, but I, those records still sound better, yeah. You know what album sounds incredible?
1: If you put it on a really beautiful um, stereo, uh, that Kansas album, Left Overture? Yeah. When you put that on cranked, that tells you right there, that's a friggin' huge sounding record you could never get today. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. So having
2: said that, I don't have time for tape anymore. It's like, Stop, and then you're right back where
0: you started. <laughs> like, <feeling>. yeah. <laughs> and you're recording over, deleting something, or cut. Some guys used to cut the actual tape too. That's I did like, that one time, and it
1: scared the crap out of me. Yeah, oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have the nerve to do that. I'd be so afraid. No, I don't no. mind recording digital,
0: <laughs> but I I love if you have analog gear with digital. It does sound yeah. better than digital alone. So like with my fractal stuff, I will throw it on the outside into a tube preamp just to Mm -hmm. get that extra Mm -hmm. stuff. And it seems to work pretty cool, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Well, it makes it easy, you know, like for you people recording in your kitchen out there. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. The more I've done of that, the more I realize, and you know, like everybody's listening to it through little earbuds and stuff and yeah. No, I suppose if everybody was still listening through hi-fi stereos and stuff, it it might be different.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's what I'd like to think. As as far as like mixing music and stuff, is I, I still like to go to the well, hopefully listen into you know a big boombox. <laughs> Remember those? Oh yeah, <laughs> those big stereo systems. But hey, you know, there's there's stuff in there that emulates those sounds, which is which is cool too. Um, so I think we've gone over, we've gone over probably the, a lot of my questions so far. There's like one, uh, any shout outs you guys want to give as far as like, um, who you're endorsed by or any of that good stuff?
2: Uh, like I said, I played vintage guitars pretty much exclusively, uh, DeMarzio pickups, uh, Elixir strings. I can't say enough yeah. good things about Elixir strings, like, I got a box from them. Back in 2019, and I am still working on that box. Oh, I've wow. made upwards of ten to twelve shows on one set of strings. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Do you spray? Do Do you like spray no. it or use the nothing? I'm gonna, oh, i mean, know, that's rag? A good, I no. <laughs> wow. That's a good yeah, shot. They so make they make good high quality stuff, and I mean, in the store, they cost a little more because of that. You yeah. know, they yeah. last a little longer, but. Man, I had one set of strings. I, I can't remember exactly, but it was like 15 shows, five rehearsals. I mean, it was just a, a, a dumb amount of work on one set of strings. And I still didn't break one. That's for me,
1: man. I've been playing guitar for 42 years, and I hate changing strings. To this day. I, oh, really? I, like doing yoga, especially my 355 with the Bigsby. I, I swear to God, the amount of time I stab myself or it, it popped off just as I was getting it like wound yeah. up and I'm just like, you know, I quit. I'll leave them on for like um, two months.
2: Yeah. Um, just until, so, until you're like, man, I really feel like I should change strings. Changing strings is like doing laundry. Okay? <laughs> it's <laughs> like, it's well,
1: like emptying true. the washer. It's just like, oh, God, got to do this. That's true. The
0: acoustics, I use Elixir. love them. You ever heard of SIT? I've been using those for, because I play a lot with the Berkeley stuff. I was talking to um, Derek about it, and uh, I think I I haven't, I've only broken one set of strings, and they they last a long time, too. And they're kind of, uh, they're wavy. They like, there's a lot of give, you know, which is kind of cool.
2: Yeah, prior to uh, Elixir, I was using the uh, NYXLS, the the Adarios. Those are good strings too. Yep. I still but use I I'll play Elixir as long as they let me. What, what gauge? Uh, I play ten through fifty two only because oh, okay. eight tunes down a full step, and you know, like I, I kind of need the the higher gauge, the the flat or the. Yeah, what's it called? Heavy bottom. Yeah. Yep. Uh, just because we're tuning down so far, that I don't know, it sounded kind of weird. With uh,
0: yeah, you want to keep the lows too. You don't want them to like gargle.
2: Play, uh Fender guitars, though. I like to use nines on, on Fenders. I don't know. There's something about oh, okay. it. Okay. But... Yeah, I can't use um.
1: I've I've used GHS strings since the day I started playing guitar. My my guitar teacher went out and took a a uh, pack of GHS boomers off the thing to change because my strings are like rusty <laughs> My strings, and I've used them since, to this day but now I'm going to try out the elixirs because of Jeremy's um, yeah because you like, won't have to
2: change your strings
1: like ever <laughs> hey, man. so for me but with the, with the telly I also have a telly when we're getting back to the guitars that we use in the studio I use a telly only because um, because of that sound but I can't play it live I, it's just not comfortable for me live. Like, three, five, five just part of my body. But the um, if I put anything heavier than nines on the telly, my fingers are killing me. It is, man. It's like
2: bending cable.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, that's not bad. I mean, nowadays, everyone I talk to, they're like, yeah, we use 11s, you know, 12s. I'm man, like,
2: what? They got something to prove? Eddie <laughs> Gibbons can use light strings.
1: I can use light strings yeah rock and roll i was a nine
0: guy for a lot of years but i tell you i broke a lot of strings and i switched to 10 and i did a little better
2: so i was a nine guy in in the 80s you know when we were all playing hot rotted guitars and whammies and fast playing it does help a lot and then you know when i went down the classic rock road i I went up a gauge just because i don't know like you can kind of hear the tone difference and in, in how thin nines can be on, on Gibson guitars. Yeah,
0: I used to play a lot of Megadeth, I loved it on, on nines it was perfect. Yeah, see, you need nines for stuff like that. Yeah, but I'm a eight, ten guy. Now. Ace you know I mean? plays nines now. Does he really? Even <laughs> yeah. I heard his solo that he does, like the eight minute solo, and you're like, he just gives us a cue and then we go back on
2: stage. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, as soon as uh when he does the the Chuck Berry up the neck, that's that's when you know. Yeah, okay, and the
0: smoking uh, guitar, smoking.
2: Man. Oh man, the smoking guitar! I know I've got like five ten minutes left. Yep.
0: You guys, you guys ever had a guitar that like sparks or anything? Like I don't know how it would play if the thing smoking and sparking. And
2: uh, I used to do a, a Kiss tribute show every Christmas, and I was Ace, so okay. and a uh, drummer. Uh, Christopher Williams, who's the drummer in Accept, made one. In fact, the thing that they use in Ace's Smoker now—that was Christopher's idea. Oh, okay, I remember vapor that? Like, it and was like a, the, the vapor thing from a miniature yeah. dream set. And I remember,
1: I remember when they brought that to him to try out. Yeah, that was when when I was playing with him. He was still using the smoke bombs,
2: I know. All. In fact, when I saw you play with him in 2008, I remember when he did that, then there's a fire extinguisher. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it was over.
1: No, it was where that guy brought the other um, thing for him to try out.
2: Yeah. So I have I have played with one of those, but nothing else. Nothing. I never shot any rockets or anything off the head start.
0: <laughs> Man, we could go on for like hours, everybody, <laughs> talking about this stuff and uh between gear and stories. but I appreciate everybody tuning in Plangy Studios radio wigwam here. We got Studio of Rock here today with Derek and Jeremy. We almost had Ryan but he had another gig but maybe we'll interview him uh, some other time. I appreciate you guys coming on. Anything that you want to say to everybody before you leave this is your time.
1: Well, I just wanted to thank you and Jeremy, I wanted to thank you Matt and Ryan for uh, for welcoming me. To help out when when you need it, I'm always there for you guys. It's been a pleasure, and it's a great family to be involved in.
2: Really well, but I, I'm glad i it happened because I got to see you a little more and hang out some. I mean, you oh, know, okay. he's in New York and I'm in Nashville, so you know, we text a bit, but like, yeah, as far as real actual. Yeah. It really days, means body time. Like, you know, that was that was a good time. It really, because he,
0: he was like, "Yeah, I'll do an interview, but you know, you got to get this guy in there too." I like, so I know you guys were,
1: were pretty good friends. Yeah, he's a great guy. Great people.
2: And and thank you for stepping in. I'm glad it was you.
1: My pleasure. I'm always there for you, bud.
0: <laughs> well, you gotta thank David Nestor, because I interviewed him uh, on here first and then he got the drum tech gig. <laughs> then I met you guys and I'm like, Oh, I gotta I gotta interview these guys. It's
2: been great hanging out with him. So he lives, you know, about Thirty minutes away from me, so we fly you now. And nice, he's been a good guy to have around. I I, I like him a lot. Yeah, yeah I so David, I was like, I
0: wish I lived closer because he's trying to do a studio for his drum stuff, and I go, we'd get along great. <laughs> but hey, at least there's this Zoom stuff that we can do. This remember the old days? Is call in and and have a phone call, and that was Dude, it. Car,
1: my car. <laughs> I'm sitting I said, I'm sitting in my car talking to you guys. Man, he's <laughs> still driving, folks. He's going 100 miles an hour. Yeah.
2: Okay. Some, somebody's called the cops on you because they think you're casing the place. They're like, there's something. in my car. And- just- <laughs>
0: this guy's talking to himself like, I don't know how long. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Well, thanks guys so much. Maybe, uh, you know, when you're off tour or something later, let's say 2023, I'll have you guys back and maybe uh, maybe we can get another guy in on here.
2: That sounds good. And thank yeah. you for having me, man. I appreciate
0: it. No, nah, yeah, thanks, I- thanks for letting me hang out that night for a little while. That was cool. Oh, yeah, no,
2: no problem. That's Chester. You wanted
1: to get a bite to eat, buddy. Yeah,
0: yeah. We'll definitely do it again here sometime and see who we can do some studio stuff, maybe down
2: yeah all i'll right. show you my kitchen
0: <laughs> yes the kitchen you got to take a picture and go look at my studio guys i got pasta in there meatballs everything
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are you guys favorite food before you go really quick what's your favorite food i like it all he likes it all i like pizza yeah pizza pizza and indian food okay okay Pizza is usually the normal for me. Definitely pizza too.
2: And I think pizza sits at the top of everybody's list from childhood on. If you ask my seven-year-old son, he'd tell you pizza. I mean, well, I got,
1: I got different places. I got one place where I'll, I'll only buy white pizza. One place I only get Sicilian pizza, and then I'll drive another half an hour to get grandma's pizza. Dude, Dude, that's, all, serious, that's all. Serious, man.
2: That's all New York pizza. Nerdy stuff. We we, we we don't get to be that nerdy down here in Nashville. Nerdy <laughs> yeah. ribs places and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, get your ass in Mexican food, though.
1: Smoke That's- stuff, man. My wife loves Mexican food. That's her favorite.
0: That's crazy.
1: Well, you got to be serious
0: about pizza to do that, because I, I do the same thing. You know, you got your yeah. spots, you order certain things, you drive a half. I drive a half an hour to get a good pizza, yeah. too. <laughs> but it's... If- makes me mad. Like, now, guys, I thought
2: you guys were able to just go down to the corner block and get awesome pizza.
1: <laughs> the gas station pizza. Oh, 7-Eleven pizza. <laughs> oh, no thanks. No thanks. <laughs>
0: all right, guys. I appreciate it. Make sure you go on here for the reruns on YouTube. We're going to be uploading it uh, shortly after, too, to all the social medias. It ends up on Mixcloud. Thanks, guys, for tuning in and listening on Mixcloud, we've been kicking ass here with with all the interviews lately. They're like, oh, whatever genre it is, we've been like the top 10 in Mixcloud for at least a couple days and stuff. And all the shows out there, as I say, any show on Radio Wigwam, because there's a couple DJs on there, check them all out and support independent music, any music nowadays, like buy stuff, physical products, right? That's what I say too, is don't stream, but Download. Agreed. Works for me. (laughs) See you guys very much. I'll talk to you soon. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the podcast version here of Palangi Studio of Rock, only on Radio Wigwam. Catch the live shows every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 UK. Chime in on our social medias, and make sure you see any of these video repeat podcasts on YouTube, and go to frankpalangi.com
1: appreciate it. Hopefully you guys come back and I will see you soon.